Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hello and welcome to the Autosport Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Kalanokas. Well, it didn't look like it would be possible at the beginning of the day, but Formula One enjoyed a wild and dramatic qualifying session for the Styrian Grand Prix, which took place in soaking conditions at the Red Bull Ring. After the first Formula 3 race had to be called off halfway through and FB3 was cancelled, Lewis Hamilton produced a stunning lap to take pole, his first since 2016 at the Red Bull Ring, finishing ahead of Max Verstappen, who spun on his final lap in Q3 but was nevertheless mighty. Uh, there were also starring performances from Carlos Sainz and George Russell in the pack behind, while championship leader and last weekend's race winner Valtteri Bottas finished fourth and later explained that a brake problem had cost him in the conditions. So, joining me for a rapid-fire look at a dramatic day is Autosports F1 reporter Luke Smith. Luke, how are you and how did you enjoy today's action? I'm very well, thank you, Alex. And yeah, what a day. Like, I, I love seeing the drivers really being superheroes and that's that's what they were still like they're on the absolute limit they're making the difference all by themselves and it's just incredible to see them absolutely sort of pushing pu- pu- pushing themselves to as far as they can go really and ultimately like that was that was not just a little bit of rain either like it was absolutely torrential out there and uh, we saw so many drivers take advantage of that and really put in some star performances most of all Lewis Hamilton uh, another great pole position to add to his huge collection but I think there's a good case for this one standing out above the rest yeah pretty mighty lap from Hamilton which we'll come on to in a moment but there was I mean I don't know about you but I definitely feared after FP3 was cancelled I wrote a report in inverted commas that the listeners won't be able to see uh, of that session when it when it was cancelled and I think there genuinely was a fear you know as we know the sort of the broadcast contracts being the way they are they're pretty immovable because you can't like as much as it would have been would have been good to get in some flexible running while the while the, the you know the weather was clearer ahead of the uh, scheduled qualifying time 
time. It's not just, just not quite how it works. You know, these things, you know, you've got to take into account all the money the broadcasters pay for those slots and, and things like that. And you don't want people, you know, missing in if they've paid to access the sessions and stuff. Um, but yeah, it did. there was a fear when, especially when the rain arrived just at the start of qualifying, that we might be on for a sort of an Austin 2015 uh, scenario where, you know, it's constant delays after delays after delays. Then in the end, qualifying takes place on Sunday, which obviously also happened in Japan last year. So a brave call and a good call from the FIA. Obviously, you know, they would never they would never do anything to undermine safety. You know, everything would have been fine at the time. But just sometimes you, you do wonder whether, you know, a, a too, a, almost a too cautious aside is erred upon. Definitely wasn't the case here. And we ended up with a magnificent session. So, um, yeah, I think uh, I think Toto Wolff, uh, well, I know it was because I asked him the question. He was pretty uh, praising of the FIA in uh, after the session, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. And I think that all credit to them, because as you said, sort of, there's been criticism in the past and I think particularly sort of running safety cars and things like that that they just keep going and going and keep it too cautious until the driver's saying well we're ready for intermediates now and I think there was kind of that fear today that they would maybe just can the day all together and put everything to Sunday which I mean can be really cool like we saw in Japan last year how nice it was to have that sort of super super Sunday basically Uh, but obviously this was very different and we didn't want to kind of be waiting around for hours having these constant delays before the session gets uh, canned Uh, but no I mean full credit to Michael Matthews uh, the race director and his team like they they found a window uh, 45 minutes uh, after the session was meant to begin they went for it they then shortened the breaks between Q1 and Q2 Q2 and Q3 as well which was again really really smart and then literally as the F2 race started more rain came and it was that they couldn't they, they, they couldn't start the race like they had to themselves wait another 45 minutes um but yeah no really impressive stuff from the FIA today I think all the drivers felt felt very safe they're very very happy with it uh asked Esteban Ocon he said it wasn't until the last sort of two or three laps in in Q3 that he was like oh it's a bit dicey but uh no for them to have okay no FP3 but to get in a full F1 qualifying and the full F2 feature race as well given how wet it was I think that's a really really big kudos to the FIA for that yeah I didn't actually know that that they'd shortened the gaps between the the qualifying segments and it's normally eight I believe Okay, well, that, that does explain why I was uh, suddenly looking up from my laptop as I was uh, as I'd been writing all the bits for the Autosport.com qualifying report of Q1 and Q2, and suddenly found myself having to rush. But no doubt, you know, the uh, the, the writing was still acceptable. Well, <laughs> fingers crossed, anyway. But anyway, let, look, as, as as we said at the beginning, let let's start with uh, with Lewis Hamilton. Uh, Toto Wolff said it was a lap not from this world, uh, and actually, you know, he, in in what in many ways he didn't need to produce it because of Verstappen's spin, but it just showed you how how much Hamilton was on it right at the end. Yeah, definitely. And I think we saw the sort of the timesheets and when Verstappen spun, it was like, okay, that's it. Lewis is on pole uh, and an impressive display regardless. But then we saw him push in that final lap and all of a sudden the uh, Delta went to 1.2 seconds, which is unheard of at any track, let alone one that is normally 63, 64 seconds. Like it's an astronomical gap between him and the rest of the field. And I think it's just, that is just part of the, of the brilliance of Lewis Hamilton. Like he is so, so widely obviously regarded and heralded for all his titles and victories and everything like that. But I think whenever he does leave F1, it will be performances like this, that little bit of magic that he can produce that nobody else can that, that makes all the difference. And um, yeah, he, he was asked afterwards about it and he said like it reminded him a bit of Silverstone 2008 when he, in torrential rain conditions, he felt at one with the car and he won that race by over a minute. And he said he felt that same way today in the Mercedes W11. So I, I just a, an incredible display uh, up there with his best pole laps, definitely. And uh, it's always nice 
talking to Lewis after those kind of sessions because he's very um, he's normally very good with his answers and like in terms of explaining stuff but after a session like that you can tell there's a real spring in his step and uh, yeah very buoyant which is what we like to see from him uh, so yeah uh, just out of this world display as Toto said it's worth going into a little bit of detail on that Q3 session because uh, as we saw at the end of Q2 the rain rather intensified and that's what sort of added more added more misery onto Charles Leclerc at Ferrari as we'll come to later on because it meant that you know by that point that the Q3 order was essentially set because the lap times were going to be slower and in Q3 no one in fact Hamilton's pole lap was actually slower than, than the session topping si- uh, times in Q2 so it just showed you that the conditions were actually more difficult which I think is what ultimately I met, met, perhaps Hamilton might have been out of reach today as we know you know given that performance but Verstappen certainly felt that the Red Bull was just that bit more difficult to handle in the heavier conditions at the end of Q3 so it's not like the session just went right we're getting a session there is some rain but the cars are clearing away the water which Carlos which Carlos Sainz pointed out he finished third you know said uh, that's that's a good thing about getting the session going because the the aerodynamics and the car will blow away the water away and keep you know stop having these lengthy delays etc but it definitely I think that was a contributing factor into into Verstappen's uh, uh, gap in Q3 he also he also had a little bit of difficulty because it was I mean it was a tremendously exciting spin from Verstappen he was full four-wheel drift he was totally sideways after getting on the curbs uh, coming through the exit of the penultimate corner and then into the final corner but actually it had been the Ferrari of Sebastian Vettel pitting just in front of him caused them a little bit of oversteer and for what it's worth because I saw a couple of comments on Twitter Verstappen absolutely not blaming Vettel and neither was uh, you know neither were any headlines saying that the you know there'd been contribution of the understeer it's just it's just a fact that's what happened he got understeer after following the Ferrari went onto the curb and went sideways but he was already he you know he admitted anyway that he had no chance of, of beating Hamilton's time yeah definitely and I think it was uh, we again like Hamilton with Verstappen we sort of see the wet weather specialists really take a step forward and, and shine in these conditions and I think we did see that from Max today and it was lovely through the session to kind of see him Lewis and occasionally Bottas as well sort of each like edging the times a little bit quicker and a little bit quicker uh, and then yeah at the end like he I think he was he was up on his own times in the first couple of sectors and he was looking I think good to beat Hamilton's original benchmark wouldn't have got near the the, the eventual pole time um, but it would have given him pole for probably a few seconds at least and uh, yeah then he just he just lost it coming through um, that's the the double right hand at turn nine turn ten uh, obviously Vettel definitely didn't help which Verstappen said but he he was very sort of mature about it like he didn't point the finger or anything at all as you said like he said look it was it was my mistake and that it's um that Lewis wouldn't have been beatable today anyway so a really really good display from him though and I think Red Bull and it's really exciting that I think we're going to have Lewis and Max alongside each other on the front row tomorrow should make for a really fascinating race absolutely it does for for many reasons uh, one of which is the fact of so we know that the mercedes uh, still has problem with uh, the vibrations around the gearbox and potentially causing a problem uh, in the race a reliability problem in the race which we saw last weekend now they have bought parts that they think have helped with that but as toto wolf said in his session if they have to be massacring the curbs trying to keep themselves ahead of max verstappen or chasing max verstappen potentially if he gets ahead basically he says you know there, there, there will be some laps where they, where, where Hamilton and Bottas cannot afford to not be on the curbs. So it still potentially could be an issue that it might cause them a headache. So having Verstappen in play, especially if he can get ahead at the start, I think is going to create, a, a, you know, a really exciting dynamic at the front of the race, as is the fact that Valtteri Bottas, the race winner from last weekend, as we said, 
is in fourth place. Now he says that, uh, you know, he just didn't get enough temperature into his tyres and also a, part, uh, a reason for that was because his right front brake was glazing throughout qualifying. So as you said, Luke, he was amongst Hamilton and Verstappen when it came to sort of setting the, the benchmark times in the early running. Uh, but then in Q3, just sort of just sort of disappeared again. And, uh, and I noted as I was writing my report that he did set his best lap in Q3 with his final effort. It just wasn't enough to get him, uh, you know, obviously into pole, the front row and the top three. But a fired up Valtteri Bottas, who we know he's on good form, coming through a track which as we saw last week can produce some tremendous racing should be good uh, should be good for tomorrow right definitely yeah and I think Mercedes will be banking on him to make a good start and hopefully try and jump Max so that so they can kind of cover off the Red Bull threat because if it is ultimately sort of Max if it's one-on-one with Lewis and they're worried about massacre- massacring the curbs as, as Toto said like that is definitely um yeah, that's not a position they want to be in. So they kind of do need to use both of those cars, like maybe have one as a bit of a rear gunner, um, also give them a chance to split some strategies maybe because everyone's got a free choice of dry starting tyre, assuming it, it, the rain does hold off for tomorrow. Uh, yeah, and I think it'll be this will be a really good test of Bottas because I think we've seen many times through his career, he's very, very good uh, sort of having like a, a pretty perfect weekend as he did last weekend in Austria where he, he gets pole, leaves lights to flag, pretty dominant, all very cool under control um but we've maybe maybe not seen so many of these sort of these fights through i guess and i think that's what it would be quite cool to see tomorrow that um from fourth on the grid fighting through at the start putting pressure on um lewis and max to make sure he doesn't sort of lose uh lose ground on them and not let them escape and uh yeah i think really sort of try and turn the screw a little bit in in the early title race because he's got a, a nice little lead that's built up after hamilton could only finish uh, fourth last weekend in austria so if he can try and build on that and uh, potentially go back to back to start the season I think that would be a really good sort of uh, warning shot about his title credentials for this year Indeed uh, but he's also got to get past Carlos Sainz who will be starting from a career best uh, third place on the grid previously fifth was his best uh, he said it's quite a stressful session which uh, I'll be honest it looked it but I, I imagine when you're, when you're a Formula 1 driver racing at the limit driving at the limit in qualifying in the way it's rather exciting so yeah well, uh, what happened with, uh, with Sainz today Luke and, and how pleased will he and McLaren be with another very strong showing in qualifying. Oh, it's brilliant. I think all of the hype that there has been about uh, Racing Point so far this year and the, the pink Mercedes and them leading the midfield. And then it was only in qualifying last weekend that we really saw McLaren sort of make a, a really big statement um, with, with Lando Norris qualifying so far up the grid and, and starting the race from third. And that was... That was, I think, McLaren showing like it's not just a case of this isn't just a good car and race pace. Like we've got it over one lap as well. And Ferrari made the decision not to renew Sebastian Vettel's contract and go with Science. And I think his performances like this, where you kind of see, you kind of see why. Like he can pull it out of the bag and he can produce those big laps under pressure very very good performance from him I think McLaren will go into the race sort of knowing that the midfield battle against Racing Point as I know we'll come on to um, with them starting so far back is looking very good for them and I think it would just be fascinating to see how he can sort of hold up against the against the leaders can he stay in touch maybe and uh, with uh, Alexander Albon behind him in the Red Bull as well how can he sort of compare uh, against one of the big three cars McLaren's pace probably you know that the, the car was stronger in qualifying maybe not as strong in the race compared to some of the others asking science about that today he was saying well actually we weren't that far off in the race it was just maybe 
Lando Norris last week and himself today out qualifying, outperforming the car. So it'll be very interesting, as you say, to to see where McLaren can do in the race. But yeah, Luke, you mentioned Racing Point. Let, let's move on to them because after a phenomenally strong showing yesterday, both on single lap pace, especially for Sergio Perez, and looking very good on the long run dry running, we know that that car, the RP20, Mercedes W10 from last year, inspired. We know it's very fast. We know it's very good. But in the wet today, it looks like, again, the drivers have wasted that car's potential. Sergio Perez saying, you know, he couldn't get any, he couldn't get any uh, a tyre temperature and that struggled with the with the rhythm and that, that contributed to his 17th place on the grid. But if the car's that good, it means it's got lots and lots of downforce, which should help in the wet. So not really a good, not really a good day for Racing Point and especially Sergio Perez with, with Lance Stroll also in, in 13th. Yeah, definitely. I think they they'll be super disappointed because particularly in the early part of this season, um, this is when they want to sort of be making their advantage really tell and really like push on against their midfield rivals. Uh, and uh, we, after FP2, which theoretically could have set the grid for tomorrow's race had had the rain been really really bad uh, they would have locked out the second row third and fourth which would have been remarkable absolutely um and then yeah this was a real sort of come down i think that when everything is kind of going right and going smooth like it's clear that that car is a rocket ship like they can really hook it up and really really do well but then you throw a curveball like the wet weather that we saw today and that's maybe where some of the cracks sort of start to appear and ultimately the team it admits itself like it's never been this competitive and been sort of this stable so early in a season like they don't normally have um, everything sort of together by 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 this point um so maybe that's just part of that sort of inexperience showing through i think i mean obviously they're they're very 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 good team very strong team but i think they just kind of need to it's just little things they got to look at and toto wolf said that he was looking at the cars as they were parking up ready to go out at the end of the pit lane and some of them the tires were stone cold and others they were like steaming with heat so it's it was there was a big sort of variation between the grid and uh that ultimately that was the i think the big decider today in a lot of the sessions as uh, as racing point found out to their detriment definitely it'll be interesting to see what we're talking about on the podcast tomorrow night because i think that if racing point come away from the two weekends in austria without a big high profile result podium maybe maybe even a win because if that that car should be qualifying fifth and sixth uh both red bulls retired from last weekend's race with mechanical drama both mercedes were threatened with retirement because of reliability problem there, there is an opportunity there for someone to score a big result and I think I think Racing Point would be very disappointed if they don't get that but of course that is doing them a bit of favour seeing as we are looking forward into the future we don't know what will happen tomorrow but nevertheless interesting to see what happens with Racing Point well why don't we stay with another team that will be well in fact I can tell you uh, said that it was a really disappointing day of the Red Bull ring and that again was Ferrari those are the words of team principal Mattia Bonotto um, Sebastian Vettel qualifies 10th uh, Charles Leclerc did qualify 11th but was later given a three-place grid penalty for impeding Alpha Tauri's Daniel Kvyat in Q2. Another struggle for Ferrari which was kind of I think kind of hoping for rain in in a way because that the conditions can sort of mask the deficit that the car has and staying on that I want to read you this quote from from Binotto which the team actually put out itself in its press release which was pretty interesting. Regarding the, the updates which the, t- which the team did bring to this race, you know, a new front ring, new floor. He said, we worked very hard to bring updates to the car earlier than planned, but they didn't show their worth on track. We have to work out why and change this state of affairs, which is just not good enough for a team by the name of Ferrari. We mustn't get het up about it, but we cannot ignore the facts. Now, that's pretty that's pretty damning from about about his own team, about, you know, it's effectively his own performance and what Ferrari have produced today. So not a good one for Ferrari. 
No, no, and it's it's quite shocking. I think we when we saw the the rain coming, that was that was sort of thought. Okay, well, this could be good for Ferrari, like really playing their favour because right now they do need a lot to sort of go their way, as we saw last weekend when Charles Leclerc managed to finish second. Like there, there's got to be a lot of factors that kind of. Uh, play to their hand and rain you'd have thought that, that that's the big one and because uh, i think it was ross braun who said it when he was at ferrari uh 2005 i want to say when they had that really poor car uh and they said he said like when it rains like and you're at the back it, it can only help like things it can't make things any worse surely but then like with all the updates and everything on the car this weekend i know there's more to come in hungary uh, next weekend but it was meant to be a big step forward and even in the rain you'd have thought okay well there's a chance for for vettel for um for leclerc to really get up there and maybe put a bit of pressure to be the sort of head of the midfield but again they just absolutely floundered like vettel right the way through q3 not once did he ever feature like near the, the head of the timesheets or anything like that and we saw Early on, like Science was popping up there, Ocon was popping up there, so was Norris as well. All these midfield guys, but Vettel was just absolutely nowhere. And it's, yeah, it's a really damning state of affairs. And when Ferrari itself is saying that in an official press release as well, that is a, a big sign of just how bad things are right now. And I think it's going to be a very, very long and painful season at this rate. Um, Hungary will hopefully work a little bit more in their favour because, in in terms of the cornering, they're not. They're not as far off the pace. Um, Lando Norris did a, a Twitch stream today during the, the FP3 break, and he said like the Ferrari, he compared it to the um, McLaren Honda from a few years ago, and he said that the Ferrari is one of the quickest cars through the corners, and like it's really, really good on cornering, but it's just the straight line speed that it gets absolutely decimated. If tomorrow's race is dry and they are... It's all very smooth. I think Ferrari could be looking at coming away with like a handful of points, and that's it, which is just ridiculous from a team that... 12 months ago was only three laps away from winning in Austria. Just by way of explanation, Vettel said that he, he was another driver struggling with tyre warm-up. Uh, and on the Leclerc penalty front, uh, it was interesting that the steward's explanation basically was that, that Ferrari had told him that Kvyat was approaching, uh, but he didn't he didn't do enough. And they did, the stewards did not accept his excuse that uh, visibility was poor in the wet. So um, rather obvious one for Leclerc there. But yeah, not, not a good day for Ferrari. Now, uh, unfortunately, because this is one of our bite-sized podcasts, we're going to have to skip over some incredible performances from the likes of Lando Norris again, Esteban Ocon and Pierre. Gasly uh, but I do want to end Luke with uh, a tremendous result for Williams and a great performance for George Russell he qualified 12th he will start 11th because of Leclerc's penalty fantastic day for George Russell how, how did he get on in qualifying how did he do it oh brilliantly like, it was absolutely stellar all the way through uh, Q1 he was really sort of fighting up there and he, he was uh, yeah definitely on it like he really really made those conditions work work to his favour and we know that Williams like even in the dry pace they probably had a, a shot at Q2 like it was definitely in their reach but I mean for a, a driver who is only in his second year in Formula 1 to hook things up as he did and get such a great result I think that that really deserves so much credit and uh, the red flag at the very end of uh, Q1 that definitely did help because it put it relieved any pressure that may have come from some late improvements but then in in Q2 like again he was he was rapid um, to, to qualify 12th and move up to 11th and I believe only a 10th off a base in Q3 as well which would have been a, an unthinkable result for Williams so yeah lots of credit to him and the team I think that really shows that the step forward they've made that a result like this like okay the wet weather did help but even without it you'd say well he could still have made it through his Q2 which is uh, yeah so a lot of credit to the team for a, a really great day and it's good like we want we want to see all 10 teams be competitive we want to see a good strong healthy Williams 
uh, and days like this it's been a long time coming but really nice to see Definitely, yeah. As you say, Lee, that red flag at the end of Q1 was because Antonio Giovinazzi spinning uh, his Alfa Romeo, crashed it, but was able to drive away, but then stopping further around the lap meant that they brought the red flags out. And yet, not, you know, you know that those guys who were knocked out in Q1, Raikkonen, Perez, Latifi, uh, of course, just didn't get a chance to improve. Roman Grosjean will start last because he went off right at the beginning of Q1 uh, and then didn't reappear. So, yes, an exciting an exciting race in store tomorrow Luke uh, I will let you go we have concluded our work for autosport.com feel free to enjoy your evening not that I'm in charge but there you go Uh, just before we go we'd like to remind you that the latest issue of Autosport magazine came out on Thursday and is available on the supermarket shelves and in newsagents as well as on the doormats of subscribers there will be a new issue of the magazine for you to pick up every Thursday packed full of news analysis and the usual stunning photography and of course if you want unlimited access to Autosport from the comfort of your home visit autosport.com slash plus to find out how to subscribe to our digital package we'll be back soon with another episode of the autosport podcast music is 6am by trilo written by marcus simmons see soundcloud.com slash trilo music Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I love the playoffs. Anything can happen. But the best part? It's like bonus football. And bonus football means betting bonuses with Gambit DC. For a limited time, you can get boosted deposits by 57% up to $1,000 on the Gambit DC app and up to a 57% multi-sport parlay boost at Gambit DC retail locations. It's the most exciting time to be a fan. So make your play and get the home field advantage with Gambit DC. Limited time offer, terms and conditions apply. Please bet responsibly. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.